0: Welcome to the Iron Society podcast, where we build men of God to become husbands and fathers that change the world. No man should have to struggle through life alone or lacking the tools they need to win and dominate life. Every week, we will bring you an inspiring and actionable conversation that will forge you into the man and leader God has called you to be. Welcome to the Iron Society. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Iron Society podcast. As always, Cody Chapman here along with... Nick Milligan. Mr. Nick. Mr. Nick Milligan. I haven't called you Nicky M in a long time. (laughs) Just had to get that in, though, didn't you? I did. I had to get it in. Um, (sighs) You know, it's freezing cold down here in my office.
1: Well, it's kind of freezing cold. It's freezing cold in Montana. Across the United States, I hear, but I'm pretty sure we're in the lead for... I'm guessing we're in the lead, at least the running for the lead for most cold, because I don't like know. Negative the Midwest 30. Gets,
0: the Midwest gets pretty cold. I don't know, man. Um, it's cold. This is as cold as I've ever been in. Mm. Uh, the coldest I have been in previous to this was zero degrees. Oh, geez. Yeah. When we moved to Boise like a couple years ago, show up, unpack, it snows on the ground. Next morning, get ready to go to the gym, get in the van, look at the dash, zero degrees, zero, zero units of heat. Yeah. It's fun when um, it dips down in the negatives, and
1: it, it, once it hits negative, I feel like though it just it really doesn't matter. It's just
0: how long you can stay out in it is yeah. all that changes. Well, so what I have discovered, two things I've discovered. One, somebody told me who is a native Montanan, mm. born and raised here, they say you get you can go down all the way to negative five from twenty to negative five. It's all cold. Yeah. They're so like, as soon as you get past negative five, everything starts to feel different, like the little hairs in your nose. start Oh yeah. To freeze. You step outside and your nostrils yep. automatically freeze yes. the first, and, first breath. And then the moment you're anywhere from negative five to negative 30 or 35 that we were the other day mm-hmm. and any breeze kicks up. Oh yeah. You're screwed. Oh yeah. Like I was filling my gas pump. I was telling a buddy last night, I was filling my gas pump up at Costco. And first of all, it was so cold that the card readers weren't working. (laughs) So I'm like freezing my Rastafari and Nene's off, right? And I'm trying to put the card in there. And it's like, can't read, can't read. I'm like rubbing my card together, like warm up, finally get to read. But then a breeze kicks up. And starts hitting my, this side of my face, mm-hmm. and like it literally feels like I'm starting to get a headache. Mm. And I'm closing my eye like all weird, and like lifting up my shoulder to try and block it because I'm like trying to fiddle over here with the card. Yep. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait for spring and summer. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I love the snow, but like that cold.
1: Yeah, it's I, the wind that does it, it for yeah. sure. It takes that negative thirty, makes it, you know negative sixty is what it feels like. Yeah. And I mean, hoods are a must. Yep hood on everything. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how it affects. I've just
0: never lived anywhere where like a beanie was really necessitated. Like even at zero degrees or five, it's like, okay, I can get by without a beanie. My head's fine. I don't even wear hoods very often Mm -hmm. like outside, Mm -hmm. but like recently the past couple of days, beanie and hood. Mm -hmm. And one of our pastors, pastor Tyler, he saw me in this sweatshirt the other day when it was negative 15. Right. He's like, don't you have a real jacket? And I'm like, I, no, I don't have a real jacket. And he, meanwhile he's wearing his $800 Sitka like, you know, it probably like it probably has a built-in massager in it as well. Right. And he's like, "Dude, you got to get yourself a jacket." And I'm, I was like, "I'm certainly not buying one of those right now." No. Um but but was sweet Two hours later, I hear a knock at the door and he shows up with like this North Face jacket and this sweet cool jacket. It's one of my favorite brands. Yeah, yeah. He's like, these are real jackets. They're your size. Like, (laughs) try it on. Lord bless you. (laughs) Um, so yeah. But everyone's feeling cold right now. Yes. Everyone's feeling cold. But it might be cold, but we're about to have we're about to get a heated conversation. Heated. Last week we started going over the path. Well, two weeks ago we started going over the path. Last week we started jumping into the first part of it which is the man right yep. that's the first role or the first like layer that you need to get dialed in body mind as the spirit. Man. body mind spirit right vision vices all that stuff mm-hmm. you got to get all that dialed in and under control and heading somewhere wor- worthy the next most important role that we're going to jump into today uh is that of your role as a husband to which i would argue other than being a follower of jesus the next most important relationship you will ever have in your lifetime is your wife. hundred percent. Um, some people would argue with your parents and I would say, I would argue otherwise. I would say if you have a D if you have anything longer than an 18 to 20 year marriage, which sadly that's not the case these days all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be spending more of your life with your wife than you are with your parents. Mm-hmm. Like time wise,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, like even pretty soon, um, st- the, the amount of time that Steph has known me, she will have known me longer in her life than she didn't. Sure. And that was just a weird thing for us to think about. We're like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And one day it'll get to the point where we've been married longer than we were unmarried in our lifetime, mm-hmm. which that's, that's even mm-hmm. just a weird thing to think about. Yep. Like I've yep. spent more time married to you than I was unmarried. Yeah. We're it's real just, close to that one. It's, it's just weird. Uh, but it's the most important role. And sadly, I mean, it's, well, sadly, tragically, I mean, whatever, you know, kind of wording we want to give it, Christian marriage does not, the results of Christian marriage and the actual Christian marriage don't, don't look a whole lot different than non-Christian marriage. Sadly. When, when not done well. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, well, I, I think st- statistically. Yes. I think that's accurate. And that's yes. why I say that is because I, I believe, and I'm not just saying this because I want to like poke the bear. I'm only saying this because I've watched tons of marriages mm-hmm. of, of believers, mm-hmm. like f- they're just not any better. Mm-hmm. Like I, they, they argue just as much. They're just as like mean with each other. Like, it's just like, no, you're like your marriage is not any better than this person's marriage. You might be saved. Yeah. But other than that, your marriage is not any better. Right? I would guess the divorce rate is marginally better. At it's best. marginally better at best, depending yeah. on what studies you look at and mm-hmm. what research you look at. Um, the, 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 final end all divorce rate is not all that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, some studies have shown now that like, basically if you have like faith based in your, ma- if you are faith based in your marriage, um, there are more favorable outcomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, just because you're quote faith based doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean Jack yeah. sadly these days. Yep. Um, but this is the most important thing, like the most important relationship other than your relationship with the Lord that you're going to have in your life. And most men don't do it well. And they just, ne- they've never learned how. Right. And it's like, I, I feel like I, I hit guys over a head, like over their head with a bat half the time, like telling me better husbands but at the same time. I'm like sitting over here like, gosh, but just no one's ever taught you how to do this. Oh yeah. No one's ever taught you. Yeah. Like
1: no, that's a huge issue. I think, I mean, it's, it's just not modeled well. It hasn't been, Yeah, you know, I think, you know, the fact that is, I mean, my, my experience with, with my parents, you yeah. know, in the home where it should have been modeled to me well, especially from a, a Christian's pr- perspective. Now, my dad didn't come to Christ until I was somewhere in my, probably almost a teenager. Okay. I want to say, you know, so he's, he's swimming upstream first off, yeah, you know, trying to figure it out and learn, learn it himself. Yeah. So he, it wasn't modeled to him. It was, it was horrible, you know, marriage is horribly modeled to him, unfortunately. Right. So like he's doing better. He did far better than what, you know, his dad did, mm-hmm. you know, and by God's grace, you know, he was able to break that generational curse and, and give us, you know, a, a faith to, to stand on and, and, in church and whatnot, you know? And so it's, it's incredible to see how far they've come. My yeah. parents have come right. And, yep. and by God's grace, all, all of my siblings are all in healthy, loving relationships and, you know, doing well on that front, you know? And so it's, it's, it's tough though. To my point is, is when you don't have that model in the home, first and foremost, where, where you get most of your time and most of the influences happening, Yep, man, it's hard to, to hit the ground running thinking you, you have enough to be married. And yet you
0: really, you don't have a clue. (laughs) And it's, it's why like, I mean, growing up, I grew up in a household where like marriage was not modeled well at all. like, Love my mom, and my dad. Um, they got divorced two months after I got married, mm-hmm. and so like that was like a oh wow, I just got married now I just saw my parents like marriage come to an end shortly yeah. after mine started, yeah. but it was like not a, it was I mean lots of like, I mean just ununified like very low love, very low compassion, empathy. Um, just, I mean, everything bad. Right. That's why I always say like, I mean, it was, I think such a gift because it just showed me everything I didn't want mm. from a very young age. So mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, what's the opposite of this? How do mm-hmm. I get that? But even before getting married, I lived with a bunch of bachelors and I knew that I had no idea what I was getting myself into and how to sure. do it. And so like, I just, I asked one of the men in my life that I, I mean, if I had five kids thriving marriage was a pastor at a church, I was like, Hey, can I live with you for the year before I know I'm going to get married? Uh, he's like, Absolutely. And so I got to watch like, you know, an, an amazing family unit and marriage for yeah. a year, like yeah. in the home. And that, that was one of the really cool things. I had the opportunity to live with two of the pastors from our church. Mm. One of them is like a spiritual father mentor. I mean, I talk about him all the time. And then other one is this other gentleman. Um, and what was one of the coolest things to see was like, the same man as the husband and father that I saw inside the house, like when they were tired and just didn't want to do anything, mm-hmm. and the man that I saw on stage and around church, same men mm-hmm. like the same dudes mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, that is the kind of man I don't, like we're in my home and outside of my home like it's just I'm the same dude, that consistency yeah of character there's just, and- there's just no like there's just yeah is the integrity of that. It's just, that's what that is to me. It's just, I mean, it's just integrity. Yeah. Like all throughout.
1: I want to pause real quick and not gloss over the fact that I think you did something absolutely clutch there. Absolutely key. Yeah. Was that you asked for help. Oh, a hundred percent. You saw you need, you lacked, yep. needed help and actually asked at a very young age Yeah, for that matter. When did you, how old were you Get married? When I started living with him, I was
0: 22.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, most twenty-two year olds think they've got life figured out. Yep. Which is comical looking back, right? Yeah. We we all had this like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I got this. You know, I'm yeah. invincible. I can't be, I can't be knocked down. You know, and yet that's the furthest thing from the truth. And yep. so for you to
0: recognize that you needed help in that area, yeah, and then sought it out, yep. that's that's huge. And I, however, though I would say that was not that was not my predisposition. Mm-hmm. Like my mentor John, I mean, he. I mean, he broke me Mm -hmm. like, cause, because I thought I had all my crap together. Yeah. Right. You were typical male at 22. Yes, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even before then, right. I mean, I had a band that was about to get signed to mercy me's record label. Mm. Like we were traveling around, making money, doing all the fun stuff with worship stuff. Mm -hmm. I I mean, Southern, I mean, Southern California boy. Right. Sure. I was surfing all the time, hanging out with my friends, having to get, like, I thought I had it all figured out. Mm hmm. And when I moved to Washington and the more I got around, you know, John, he just, I mean, he's, he just broke every bit of pride off of me of like, you don't know what in the world you're doing, dude. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't raised in the home that taught you it. You weren't raised by, you know, the type of father that you want to be Yeah. Um, like everything that you want, you have no idea how to get it. Mm -hmm. And so you need to find the people that have what you want Mm -hmm. and go after them. Um, and, and I, you know, once he got through my thick skull, like I started asking a lot of questions, like, I mean, just getting around anything that I could to soak up that stuff. Because if you don't ask the question to like what you're saying, if you don't ask, nothing's going to get better. It's, I mean, I tell the guys in the iron society all the time and it's, I'm, we're, I'm going to bring it up tonight again. Um, the quality of your life is often dictated by the quality of the questions that you ask. Yeah, and, uh, like questions have to be answered. Right. And the problem is we don't ask, we either don't ask the questions or we ask the wrong questions yeah. to the wrong people. And then we will always get an answer. But if we ask the wrong questions to the wrong people, we will not get the favorable answer. Mm-hmm. But if we ask the right questions to the right people, we'll get the favorable answer. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's just, that's what I did. And thank God. I mean, thank God I had the people in my life to push me that way Yeah, because otherwise I would not have done that. Well, and point you to
1: Christ. Yeah, ultimately, right? Yeah. Like, there's good advice. There's biblical advice, godly advice, or you know, uh, I think I think good advice can be what what it is good, right? But at the yeah. end of the day, if it's apart from Christ, what are you really gaining? Yeah. You might have temporary success, but it won't be lasting. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, big picture, I mean, within. The Iron Society, we have a framework we walk guys through on like the specific pillars that you need to grow mm-hmm. to, you know, really develop a thriving, godly marriage. We're actually going to be covering that in the um, Strong Marriage podcast pretty soon that just launched today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nice. I was, I was stoked to see that.
0: Yeah, I just got to get, I just got to get Seth to talk more.
1: Yeah. She just, she just, it's,
0: she'll just sit there and Here's listen. Give her some time. You know? Yeah, she, yeah. I'll just get her fired up about something. She'll talk plenty. There you go. Um, but, what we're going to, what I want to walk through today is some of the things that, um, I was just, I was going through scripture, like, okay, what are some of the foundational things that we have to remember as Christian husbands? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, I, we have to, we have to look through a biblical lens when it comes to being a husband, because there are a lot of, and I, I I have, I know people, I follow people that are relationship coaches, Mm -hmm. husband coaches, but they don't come from a faith background. Mm -hmm. Everything they say, I'm like, bro like spot on. Sure. Everything you're saying is great. None of it is through a biblical lens. Mm -hmm. And as believers, we first and foremost have to see everything through our biblical worldview. Yep. And that means filtering everything first through scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why all of the stuff we talk about with identity, all of that stuff, it is all through a biblical perspective. Yep. Um, and a biblical lens. Everything is filtered through that. So there's a few things we want to walk through today. And it was, I I I just said we walk through these scriptures and just chat about them because (laughs) um, it's it's just great. But first and foremost, the first thing we have to do is love like Christ and wash our wives in the word. Mm -hmm. And Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word the part of that that always sticks out to me and just punches me in the gut so much is when it like, as Christ loved the church, Mm -hmm. like you think about what Christ has done for his bride. Mm -hmm. There is nothing that he has not done ultimately leading to his death for his bride. Yep. And that is such a humble posture that we have to take as husbands. like, Everything like we have to literally our preferences, our pride, all of those things. We need to lay those things down first and foremost as husbands in order to love our wife. Well, yeah, we just have to, I
1: don't know if it's out of context or not, but it makes me think of how Christ, you know, Jesus had his 12 disciples, apostles, and you know, he's rolling around. And I mean, these guys aren't the brightest Crayola's in the box, right? Like he grabbed a bunch of just hardworking blue collar guys that, that have good hearts, yeah. right? But but often messed up. Oh yeah. And yet he invested into them yep. and poured into them and loved on them and literally founded his church with them. Yep. He chose them. And and I don't know, it just makes me think he set them up for success. Yeah. By everything he did, everything was so intentional. Yeah not just for them, but the bigger C church, but he set those guys up so well. Yep. I mean, think about Peter who denied him three times, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, he was kind of making fun of him, yeah. you know, early on calling him the rock, you know, in which I will yeah. build my church. And yet, you know, th- that's what he ended up doing. Like yeah. he was the leader of them, right? And yep. and really pushed the gospel forward into that region. And, you know, we I, you know, I don't know where we would be if Christ and the Holy Spirit, obviously working through them, yeah. wouldn't have, you know, did what they did after he, he died. Now, it was the, cur- the courage that came, the conviction that came mm-hmm. after recognizing, oh my gosh, he really is who he says he is. Yep. He actually did die, he actually did rise. I was a fool. I didn't see this before. I was walking with this dude every day. But anyway, I, I'm getting off path. But my point being, everything he did was intentional to set these guys up for cess even if he wasn't going to be there himself. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something, you know, us as men, as as we leave each day, to be able to set our our wives up well each day for success. Yep. And in that scripture talks about it, it's wash them in the word. I know that's something that instantly is convicting me right now. Like mm-hmm. I need to be bit praying over my wife before I leave. Yeah, I need to be, you know, sharing scriptures with her that I'm wrestling with, Yep, you know, and, and help her work through it as well. And, or have her help me work through it, you know, yep. so on and so forth. And so, uh, man, I, I think that's, I think that's huge.
0: Oh, it is. I, I mean, I, that, this one thing. The washing our, like washing our wives with the water of the word, it has been one of the things that I, has been a very, very big focus of mine probably for the past maybe six, seven years, um, like discussing scripture with her, talking about scripture with her, reading scripture to her, just general discussion of scripture, right? Because you think about it, the word of God is the only thing that does not return void. Like scripture is very clear. The word of God does not return void. Yeah. And so. All of that discussion, and then even in that verse in Ephesians, right? Um, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the word. Mm. Part, like, listen, this is a little nugget for some husbands. If there are things about your wife that you don't like, and they have to, and they could be solved by her being further sanctified, and you are not washing her with the water of the word, I would put the onus on you that part of her sanctification is the byproduct and result of you doing your job to wash her in the water of the word. So the parts of her that are not sanctified in the ways that you want to see her, her sanctified Mm -hmm. could be your fault for not washing her in the word. Mm. Like let 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 that that one sink in for a sec. I was just gonna say, let that one soak (laughs) in. (laughs) Let that one kick in the balls for a sec. Right? I mean, how many times a husband's, Oh, my wife, this, my wife That. this, that, the other thing, right? She worries so much. She's so this, that, or the other thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey have you, have you stopped and thought about like maybe that part of her sanctification is missing because you want washing her in the water of the word? Mm-hmm. Like, man, cause I mean my wife and she would tell you like, man, she struggled. She has struggled with fear and anger for years. Um, and I would say like in the past six, seven years, the anger, um, has like really subsided. It was when our kids were really young, like that kind of like a foothold of anger, you mm-hmm. know, was in her uh, or can't, you know, we saw it more. Um, And I was always like, what in the world is this? Like you are the sweetest little thing in the world, but I didn't see that part of you, you know? (laughs) Um, And the fear is, I mean, you know, it just comes and goes, I mean, with kids and all the, all kinds of stuff. Um, But like when I started recognizing a lot of that, I was like, you know what? and then reading this first, it's like, dude, there's, there's parts of this that like, I'm probably just not washing her in the water of the word. Think about it. Like Mm -hmm. just getting stained and kind of dirtied by the world around us. And it's like, let me take the sponge and the, like the sponge bath of the word and kind of wash you a little bit. And that'll make you without spot or wrinkle. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just a thing I don't think men think about very often. It's like the one man in most wives lives that wash them in the word is their pastor and not their husband Mm. and it's like sad Mm -hmm. you know it's like Mm -hmm. no no no. like and if that's the case no wonder wives can be so stressed out and anxious and worried and all this because it's like oh she's getting washed in the word by a man that isn't even her husband an hour a week like and not even always that specific to her
1: no stuff i mean you know yep scripture doesn't come back void you know or it's it's timely and and timeless but at the same time you know no one knows her
0: like you do yep exactly so you can speak specifically to her yeah you know it's one of the reasons why i mean i mean on purpose husbands right here but i mean i just released um 28 days of prayer for my wife Mm -hmm. and throughout that book i mean there is chunks of scripture in all those prayers and lots of those prayers for each day are based off of scripture for different things that Mm -hmm. are specifically like for her worry for her self-worth for how she sees herself, to walk yeah. in joy, to walk in patience, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's another way that we wash her in the word is we can pray the word over her, yep. you know? So, but first and foremost, we just have to be straight up that like, we have to love our wives as Christ of the church and wash her in the word. Like like, it. It's one of our responsibilities as husbands. Second is, and this one, it's going to be an homage back to last week of the man, but we have to love our wives as our own body. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 5, 28, the verse is just right after this says in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own body. Mm. Right. This is one of the, whenever somebody a Christian guy comes back at me and is like, well, you know, in Timothy it talks about physical training is only of some value and, but spiritual training and godliness is an eternal value. I'm like, well, thanks way to take one verse out of context fatso." Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but A lot of men who do do not take care of their own temple and their own body, Mm -hmm. but there's literally a command in here that we're to love our wives as we love our own bodies. If you are not taking care of your own body and loving your body and your temple. Standard's not very high, is it? It is. Right. (laughs) It's it's like, oh, well, of course you're not taking care of your wife. You're not even taking care of your own body. Why would you take care of another body? And she doesn't
1: have a good example Right in front of her, you no, know, for the person that, she, you know, should be setting that for her. Yeah. So she doesn't even have that challenge, if you will, in her life, mm-hmm. seeing you, you know, take care of yourself yep. and encourage her to do that
0: as well. And, and to be super clear, this verse is not talking about physical fitness. Mm-hmm, like, this mm-hmm. is not like, make sure that you lift weights three to five times a week and eat enough protein so that, and if you do that, you will love your wife better. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that mm-hmm. it's saying love your wives as you, as, as you would your own body. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we, the way, the way that we take care of ourselves, we will often take care of those things around us. Mm-hmm. And so like, if we, if we like are willing to eat like total crap and not take care of ourselves and all those things, um, What we're doing is, is we're inviting future harm into ourself, right? Because if you're not going to take care of your physical body down the road, there are going to be negative ramifications of that, Mm -hmm. right? Just because of health. Mm -hmm. So if you're not willing to repel the bad things of your own self, Mm -hmm. why in the world would you do that for somebody else? You're just not going to love that person in that way. And so whenever I see a man that does not take care of his body and people can say, I'm twisting the scripture. Really don't care. Um, if, if I see you not taking care of yourself and your own body, um, I, I'll, you will not be able to take care of your wife very well. You just won't on, on at multiple levels. You're not going to have the energy. You're not going to have the vibrance. You're not going to have the confidence. You're not going to have the chutzpah to like lead and take care of your wife the way you need to. Mm-hmm. And I've seen plenty of fat husbands who provide for their wife and you know, take them to church every Sunday. And they're, and they're, and they're being good husbands, good husbands. And that's always scary to me is there's like, well, I'm being a good husband. I got a good family. I'm like, bro, you think Jesus died and filled you with the Holy spirit so that you could just be a good husband? Yeah. Like, please. Yeah. Like there's, there's so much more for you than that. So much more good
1: enough. Is is not a great place to be. No, it's a terrible place to be. Right? Like, who who sets out to achieve you know a C minus, right? Or even yeah. a D. Hourly workers, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's a sad it's a sad space if you really stop yeah. and think about it. And if that's really what all we want to offer to the one that's supposed to be the most important in our lives, yeah you know, that we're charged with to, to provide for, to love, protect, to, to, you know, show Christ to good enough. I mean, it's a pretty sad statement. Yeah.
0: So all that to say, take care of yourself. And then the way that you take care of your wife should be a reflection of that. Like you say, it's
1: it's not just physical, right? It's as we talked about about taking care of the man. It's body, mind, and
0: spirit. Hundred percent. You're you're taking care of the temple as a whole, treating all aspects of it. Yep, and that's where some people do just want to like. Oh, I don't like these guys. I don't like what you're saying because you're making fun of my beer belly. And da, 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 da. you're like, dude, no, no, no. Your beer belly is a reflection of just what's going on on the inside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, l- there's a whole lot of other cleaning up of stuff we have to do. And then, you know, the physical part will take care of itself. But it's all this synergistic effect mm-hmm. that people don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and that's that's part of what we're trying to teach y'all. So just freaking relax, okay? My God, got to raise those standards. Yeah, absolutely. Next, and this one, oh man, this one will be a, this one will be a nut kicker for you too. Um, i got a feeling all of these will be. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but with our wives, we're supposed to be humble, gentle, patient, and bear all things in love. Ephesians 4.2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. That's what it's telling us to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this, humble, gentle. Patient and bearing all things in love. Here's I would challenge any guy to go do this. Go to your wife and ask her how humble, gentle, and patient would you say that I am with you? And and the 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 ones that I would really hone in on there, the gentle and patient. Mm-hmm. Ask your wife how gentle and patient am mm-hmm. I with you? How gentle and patient am I with you with my words? with the tone of my voice with with how I say things with how I treat you with you know all those things mm-hmm. how do I how am I doing with that and mm-hmm. then shut your mouth and let her answer and then when she answers you tuck your tail between your legs yeah. walk away and go change some crap hopefully you brought your cup <laughs> yeah i mean look
1: cuz let's be honest i think the majority of men struggle with those things 100% right because of the what we just talked about, we aren't a taking care of our yep. temple first and foremost. Yep. We're not loving and shepherding her well. Yeah, and so in that, you come across impatient, yep. frustrated, right? A little harsh, a little short with your answer. Yep, so on and so forth. And that's just a a daily reality, unfortunately. Yeah. often because of the stressors of of life and where you've allowed yourself to to be as far as your standards go. And so there's, there's a renewal of the mind that needs to take place there. Absolutely. Right. And, th- yeah. and that's why we're going over these scriptures because it's very clear how we're supposed to function. Yes. Are we Jesus? No, it's not gonna be perfect, Yeah, but we should be striving towards these things. Yep. These are the actions that we need to take to, to focus in on these specific, and some of that's fruits of the spirit, right? A hundred percent. We need to be showing good fruit because of what Christ has done in our life. Yeah. We're not perfect Right. But we are to be renewed yep. and, and, and part of that regenerated. Right. And part of that is on us. Yes. Right. He hands us the shovel. You say this often, right. Like you oh, need yeah. this mountain to be moved. It's not just, Hey Lord, could you do this for me? Yeah. It's like, well, actually here's, a here's shovel, son, buddy. here's a shovel. Get yeah. to work. Like Here you go, son, start <laughs> moving some dirt the mountain. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, you know it's, it's a participatory, particip, oh, participatory. Geez. There you go. I would have never gotten there <laughs> <clears throat> sport. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, uh, you know while while scripture 's clear, we still have to engage
0: and participate in that renewing yeah, and I would listen if you 're a dude that struggles with this, right being humble, gentle, patient, and bearing things all in love here's here 's one thing I would encourage you to do and it 's called context switching okay most most dudes really suck at context switching, hmm. and context switching is this during the day, you are probably in a context where you need to be the go-getter, hard hitter, get her done, get the results, kill the deer, gut it, bring it home, right? You got to be that dude. The problem is when you bring those attitudes, the that language, that way of being mm. into your home mm. in a different context, mm-hmm. what serves you in one context will not serve you in this context. Mm-hmm. And this is where the idea of being the savage and the servant, yeah. the lion and the lamb comes into play. Yep. You have to be able to context switch. Like for example, me and my boys, right? We were at the gym early. You were you were there with us, right? When we're there, I'm like, "Come on, my, you got this. Let's go. You got morning." Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. Right? Come downstairs today. A few hours later, I was I was getting ready to record a bunch of stuff down here. I had planned it all out. I was like, "Okay, this is my time. I'm gonna do this." And I come down and um, I see one of my boys on their bed, like not like sobbing, but like, I, I know one of their faces when they, I'm like, I know that face. And I was like, ask a question real quick, kind of as I was walking by and he just kind of shrugs. And like, I was like, ah, my, my boy needs dad right now. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't need gym dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He needs crying in my bed, dad. Sure. So I go and sit on his bed. Right. And this is it's so, this is so great. I go sit on his bed, start asking him some questions. It wasn't really answering all that well. And in my head, I'm like, all right, Lord, like what do I need to do, what do I need to get him to talk. And it's just like, it's just in my spirit. He's just like, lay down on his bed with him. Hmm. I was like, all right. like in my, but in my, I fought it like for a half second. I'm like, I got crap to do. <laughs> I got crap to do. I have, I'm literally, I have this amount of time to work on this amount of stuff. Right. And I can't, I don't want to waste any time. Um, And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I lay down and just kind of like, I mean, you know, he has like a twin bed or whatever. So it's like a grown freaking man and you know, an almost 13 year old now on there. Um, and as soon as they lay down and start asking questions and we're just laying next to each other, he like starts, you know, opening up and talking, you know? And I think that is, that is what I mean by context switching. Yeah. Like but specifically with your wife or even your kids. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that more next week as father. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should have saved this story for father next week. Maybe I'll retell it. Who knows? Something will probably happen between now and then that I can tell a story about, (laughs) but that is context Mm switching because Mm -hmm. at the gym, they see a certain side of dad and they get a certain form of dad. And it's not, it's not that I'm unintegrous or two faced. It's they, they get a certain piece of dad in that context, in Mm -hmm. that context. Mm -hmm. And then in my office, I was getting crap done for the business, and then I was like hustling, focused, blah, 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 doing all this stuff. Yeah, And I was getting ready to come do more of it, and then boom, he needed a context switch from dad. He needed dad to become the lamb, the tender one that could lay next to him in his bed while he's crying and upset about something and talk to him about it. Yeah, you know, And we have to be able to do that with our wives. We cannot bring the foreman, leader, CEO, yeah. person like... Barking orders at, you know, my secretary and then coming home and treating your wife like a secretary like, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And that is what would help us if we learn how to context, which it will help you live this first. Um, and. One of the ways you can do that is just literally think about how you're going to act at work. And just do the opposite at home. Mm. <laughs> like, and that is a learned skill. It mm-hmm. is learned. Mm-hmm. It is not like you don't flip a switch and all of a sudden you get it. Mm-hmm. You practice it. That's why Paul, literally when it talks about setting our minds on things that are above in Philippians 4.8, it's like think on you know, things that are pure, all these things, right? And then he says, practice these things. Yeah. It's because Paul knew, yeah. ultimately the Lord knew, that when he was telling us this, our minds are not going to default to those things. We need to practice them. So this is a practice. Yeah. It might even be
1: fair or or wise to even tell her, Hey, I'm realizing what I might be doing hundred percent here and I, and and tell her what, what you, you know, just what you just explained this, this context switching. I'm going to start to practice this. Yeah. If you don't see me making the switch, can you just go, Hey, context. Yep. You're talking to me. Yep. I I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of help, right? Like, Absolutely. That that communication, a little bit of dialogue, all of a sudden is like, oh, yeah, my bad. Okay. Yep. Take a breath. Step back. Absolutely. All right. How how can I help you? Yep. 100%. You know, because ultimately, like, <sighs> my wife and I have talked about often, and we'll label it as giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. Right? Yep. Like, I am your greatest cheerleader yep she is my greatest cheerleader she she understands we we understand that we are for one another yep never will we be against one another and so whenever anything does arise yep it's out of miscommunication yep poor attitude because of perhaps context right Mm -hmm. being in the wrong context getting kind of this thing out of nowhere you haven't made the shift properly yeah and so there's this somebody got rubbed the wrong way something was said that wasn't accurate in yep. the end of all of it. Right. So that person needs to go, okay, hold on. I, I need to take that back. Cause I'm realizing I didn't mean that yep. because I was in the wrong mode, and I just barked back instead of yeah. pausing and really understanding what you needed in that moment. You didn't need a fix; you just wanted someone to listen yep. in that moment. For instance, right? Yeah. I think I think that could be really good. That yeah. that little bit of communication is like, hey, can we practice this? Yep. I think this would help. This yep. this practicing bit is going to be and and this grace there, right? Because you're practicing. Yep. I was kind of joke because I always call doctors. You know, oh, they're just practicing, yeah. right? Like,
0: well, it's true though? They are. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're not <right>. perfect. <laughs> they, yeah. And. <laughs> and the thing I love about that recommendation right there, like going to your wife and saying that, and I would even say part of that process needs to be the process of repentance Yeah, of repenting, right? By literally doing that, you are fulfilling the very first thing that this first talks about with all humility, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going to your wife and repenting and saying, Hey, I've noticed this. I want to change this. Yeah. That is a humble posture that you take first. Yeah. And I would dare say that, that th- the reason Right, all because all scriptures God breathed, and everything is here, in order, on purpose. In order to live with gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, that has to be preceded by a posture of yep. humility. Yep. Otherwise, you cannot be gentle, patient, and bear all things in love. Yep. You have to first come in humility. Jesus modeled this, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. God, yep. humbling Himself mm-hmm. to come to Earth. And then he was able to be gentle and patient and bear all the way to the end, the death on a cross in love because he first humbled himself. Yeah. Like that is step one. Humble yourself. So repent, talk to your wife about it, and then make some freaking changes. I like it. Next, forgive and live in harmony. Colossians 3, 13 through 14 says, again, bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Mm. And some translations say unity. Mm. Um, What I love about this, and this is, we were just talking about repenting, right? As husbands, we have to be the chief repenters in our home. Mm-hmm. We need to model it more than anyone else. And you probably have ample opportunity to do that because you probably screw up more than anybody else, too. So don't ever say you, I don't know what I should repent of. No, just go ask your wife or your kids what you need to repent of, and you'll find you'll get a laundry list real quick. Yep. But here's the most important thing, and this is something I wanted to just key in on. When it says forgiving one another. Forgiveness is different than saying it's okay. Mm -hmm. And for both you to your wife and your wife to you, and even with your children, you need to forgive one another. Forgiveness is kingdom language.
1: Yeah. It's not just, I'm sorry. No, you're not sorrowful about something and then do it again.
0: Yes. And, and I hate even when like someone's like, Oh, uh, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And when I hear people say, Oh, it's okay. I'm like, Hmm. Who told you that the way that they just acted was okay? Right, right. Because the way that what they just did is not okay. Yeah. Don't you dare tell your husband or your wife what they just did is okay. Yeah. If they disrespected you or did not love you or were not gracious or kind or loving or any of that. It's not okay. Yeah. You can forgive them as, right? But saying it's okay. Yeah. It is not. Because what you're doing subconsciously. This, could this, I mean, you could trace, you could track this language back to like yeah. NLP, like neurolinguistic linguistic programming. Okay. If you tell your spouse, it's okay, you're giving them permission to do it again. Forgiveness says, I recognize your, you, you wronged me, Yeah. but I am forgiving you as Christ has forgiven me. Yeah. It's kingdom. It is kingdom language and kingdom way of living in marriage.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's super important that, that very specific there, right? There's power in our words. hundred oh, percent. Words have meaning. We can't just. I just, it's crazy to think like I hadn't thought about where did that come from? Where in culture did that start when someone is apologizing saying they did wrong and for the person to, to almost feel bad that they did it to them and no, 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 no. It's okay. Like it's such a strange response if you should really stop and think about it. It's the wrong response.
0: I, I, I see it with kids all the time. That's why our kids are not allowed. They have never been allowed to mm-hmm. tell if somebody comes and apologizes to them for something yeah. or with one another, they have, they will, they will never say it is okay. Yeah. They know it is not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will forgive. Yeah. But I, I hear it a ton with little kids all the time. Like if we're out and about, it's like, oh, I did this. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's like child. No, definitely not parent. Don't like, no, it was not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. And some other kid slapped your kid in the head. Mm-hmm. Your kid can forgive them, but it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, but we have to, we have to live in this forgiveness because as it says at the end of that verse, it, it what it creates is harmony or unity. Yeah, And I would dare say that the heart, the disharmony or disunity in many Christian marriages is due to unforgiveness because you have either not repented or at you have either not repented or not asked for forgiveness mm-hmm. or it has not been extended. Right. right. We've seen marriages that have ended with men that have come to us because one party is asking for forgiveness and repenting, but the other is unwilling to extend forgiveness again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now in some contexts, it's like, man, you know what you, you, <laughs> You, you been digging sc- that hole for a long screw time. You screwed the pooch for twenty plus years. Yeah. yeah she, all of a sudden, she's just not going to want to forgive you, dude. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. Sorry. You know. But I mean that that is what it is. It's it's at some level either you're not repenting and asking for forgiveness or somebody's not extending forgiveness and it creates the opposite of harmony and unity. Yeah. It's disunity and chaos. Bitterness. Yeah. And yeah. that's what that creates. And that's what the enemy loves. Yeah. And so. Repent as much as you can and mm-hmm. as often as you can. Um, and hopefully over the years, you just don't have to do it as much because you don't screw up as much. Um, and you will start to see more unity and harmony in your marriage. Yeah. It is just, it's what happens. Obvious game changer for your marriage. And as we'll talk about next week, I'm sure
1: it's, it's so important that that gets modeled to your children. Oh Yeah. Right. Every opportunity. Every time you screw up is an opportunity to demonstrate repentance. Yep. Genuine repentance. Yep. Right. Like actual, heartfelt. Forgive me for this. I did. I. I it kills me that I did this. That I yep. sinned against you. That I hurt you. That I made you sad. That I said this. That I came. Yeah. Up, whatever. Right. And and then yeah. And then helping them walk through actual forgiving. You yeah. know, it's not just it's it's okay or oh yeah yeah it's it's no i forgive you yeah. you
0: know i love you yep and i will say before we move on to this last one real quick there are going to be some offenses that happen in marriage depending on what they are that forgiveness may be extended quickly mm-hmm. but reconciliation may take time certainly um, so depending on what the offense is, because, because I, with whether infidelity, porn, alcohol abuse, gambling, mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. secret sins that go on for a long time mm-hmm. that really damage somebody's mm-hmm. trust, mm-hmm. you can be forgiven without trust being extended again. Yes. Period. Yep. Right. And if you are in that position, you just are going to have to know and be okay with you are going to have to rebuild that. And that takes time. It does not mean that your wife has not forgiven you. It does not mean that. It just means that you you fractured trust, mm-hmm. not just the relationship, mm-hmm. right? And at that point, you can mend a relationship. You can reconcile the relationship. Mm-hmm. But trust is not like just this thing that switches back over. You yeah. have to rebuild that over time. And you just have to be willing to put the freaking work in. Yeah. To rebuild that trust.
1: Yeah. And that'll be a grind, right?
0: Like you you,
1: you said, mend that relationship, but you know, it's restore, right? That reconciliation is only possible once you restore trust. Yes. Once you restore the faith that she has in you, right? Like you broke that faith. You, you murdered it ultimately, right? Like you've got to revive this thing now. Mm -hmm. It's on you, right? Consequences period.
0: Absolutely. Time to face them. Yep. So last one, last one here. If your nuts aren't hurting yet, um, well, this one, this one, this one's just really good. This one will kick you in the nuts. This is really good. But First Peter 3.7 says, "Likewise, husbands, love your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be." hindered. Mm. The part I want to key in on this, and I love it so much. Love your wives in an understanding way. Some translations say live with your wife in an understanding way. Um, and what I wrote down as a quick note for myself is seek to be under seek to understand it, not to be understood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of uh, men are fixers, right? Like why well, was say most men are fixers? Um, and so when our wives come to us with things, And or issues, or just things we've done, or this or that, what we want to do, our our knee-jerk reaction and our propensity is to fix whatever needs to be fixed, right? Oh, that's broken. I need to fix it. And then we just go right into fix it mode, or solution mode, or whatever. And what our wives want is to be understood. It's like, especially if your wife trusts you, she knows you're gonna fix it. Mm-hmm. She knows it's gonna be okay, mm-hmm. right? She just wants to be heard and understood. We I mean, we talked about this before. I, I
1: think that's that heard word. Yeah. I think that's a really good definition of heard. It's 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 one thing to be heard. It's it's another thing to be understood. Oh, a thousand percent. That, uh, that's a both and for sure. And that's that's something I've been working on. Right. Yeah. Like it. Like I I hear her and I'm I'm ready to go fix it. But to to stop and and it's not just that I understand it, but it's that she knows that I understand it. Mm-hmm. I think that's like some of the nuance there that yep. guys will skip sometimes. Like they get it, right? But they're ready to move on. Yep. She needs to know. Yep. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You absolutely understand where she's coming from yep. and, and what she's experienced, you know, regardless of your intent. Yeah. Regardless of the situation, the reality is
0: she just needs to understand that you understand. Yep. And, and I think a great way to just put this into kind of like an imaginary context is if you didn't speak Spanish, right. And some really distraught, like teenage girl seemed really scared and came to you out of nowhere and speaking Spanish to you. Right. And she's like, you're like, ah, I don't understand what you're saying. But you know, and you're like, you're hearing her like, and you, you start to pick out little things like, oh wait, this over here. And they're like, yeah, 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 that. And okay, okay. And they keep talking. You're like, oh, and, and that, and like, you've probably seen it in movies. Like it's yeah. like, it happens. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's really how I like to think about understanding our wives is sometimes they come to us and there's like, somebody can come to you speaking Spanish. And if you don't know Spanish, you can hear them, but you don't understand a freaking thing they're saying. You know, something's urgent. Yeah. You know, something's <laughs> going on. You know, they're speaking words. You hear them, but you have no idea what they need. Or yeah. what they want, or what yeah. they desire, it's very similar with their wife. They can come to us, and we hear words, but we don't really understand in their heart and in their mind and soul what it is they're actually longing for and need. And the only way you get there, and it, what if I what, even when we talked before, hmm. Nick, what do you need to do more with your wife? Listen. Well, listen, but after that, to understand, understand. Her, yep. ask. Questions, questions, Check. right? The quality of your life is dictated by the quality of questions you ask. It, I mean, it translates right into marriage. Yep. And it's like, if husbands would just ask more questions, because how do you understand something? Learn, you ask questions yep. and you like examine it, mm-hmm. right? It's like, if you want to learn how to operate on a car, you, you study the, you study a manual about the car, but ultimately yeah. you got to get in the car and start pull things apart. Yeah. And with our wives in order to live with her in an understanding way, We have to start to like peel back the layers of the onion. I'm going to take this bolt out. And what's holy crap, what's back there, Mm -hmm. right? I didn't even know that was hiding back there. Mm -hmm. It's because you never sought to understand. You just wanted to fix the leak, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. you had no idea a belt was off, Mm -hmm. you know? Sure. So it's just a ton of questions um, and peeling back the layers of the onion, which I always, I mean, it's like, that's, that's a great way to think about it. Like every layer another question another layer just peel it back. absolutely
1: makes me think of like a courtroom you know getting to the truth right like uh-huh. w- what's the classic uh you can't handle truth yeah. and, you know <laughs> yeah. between uh, i can't remember the actors but anyways the point being posing good questions allows the truth to come out oh, right 100%. she may not even know what's truly bothering her yep. in the moment right she's mm-hmm. just annoyed or frustrated or is feeling a certain way or what have you but until you're able to kind of Pose the right questions and kind of get to the root of the issue. It yeah. may not be this topical thing that set things off. Yep. It's really more this insecurity over here or what have you that she just needs addressed, right? And yep. be understood and be, um, n- n- you know, nurtured in that moment. Yep. In in a way that is comforting and you know points it to Christ
0: and yep. allows her to feel safe in that er- arena and function mm-hmm. out of that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would just say, I mean, even in recapping all of these, just as like quick hits, one, like, and at, in your role as husband, these are things that will benefit you greatly. Beyond, beyond the, the other parts of the marriage framework that we talk about. But love your wife as your own body. Love like Christ and wash her in the word. Be humble, gentle, patient, and bear all things in love. Forgive and live in harmony and seek to understand. You do those things. You're gonna be off the races doing pretty dang good.
1: Be humble and ask good questions. Come I on. Think now. you might able a a little more succinct yet like, boom, <laughs> be humble ask good questions <laughs> you'd be you'd be doing
0: way better than most, yeah, <laughs> if you could just nail those couple of things, yep, so. Anyways, guys, I know that was—I mean—that was chock full of stuff. I mean, go ahead and grab your ice pack, sit on it for a few hours. Um, you might need it after like that piece. one. Um, but man, I just want—I want to remind you, like, there's more in you. God has more for you, yep. um, Because the Spirit of God lives in you, you can do this. You just got to ask the right questions, get around the right people, and ultimately just seek to be a servant um, and love your wife, Christ, love the church, and things go a whole lot better. Hey, one thing before you go, if you got any value out of today's episode, we would so appreciate a five star rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast, as well as, hey, take a picture with your phone of you listening, take a screenshot and post it to social media. Go ahead and tag me at Cody Chapman and you can tag Nick as well at the Nick Milligan. Also, if you want to learn more about the Iron Society, you can head on over to ironsociety.co to learn more. We'll see you next week.